Amber Browning Coyle is an on-air host, a brand strategist, and chief empathy officer of her company, A Pebble in the Road. She created a program which we'll be discussing called Pivot Step Touch, which helps creatives find the job of their dreams. Please welcome Amber Browning Coyle. Thank you so much, Amber, for joining me today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. I'm so excited. I love what you're doing and I'm definitely ready to talk about what I believe. Oh my gosh. Great. (laughs) Well then let's just get right into it. So uh, what do you believe? Uh, Well, I believe that change equals growth equals opportunity. So I think that if someone's facing a change in their life, whether it's considered a positive or what someone else would consider a negative or a planned or an unplanned change, it's going to create growth. And if we can learn from that growth, it's going to create opportunity. Incredible. So how, how do you, so you're, tell me about, tell me about you. You're, you're a coach, you've created an incredible program for specifically for creatives. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I am a, an on-camera host. I'm a producer and I'm a communication strategist. And all Perfect. that means is that I help people tell their stories. Yes. And whether I'm telling the story of a product, whether I'm helping a client really claim their story and claim the opportunity that comes with it, that's what I'm all about. That's what I specialize in. That's what I get joy from. That's really my purpose is to help others and leave the world a better place. And so that's really what I'm about, about the communication strategist. I help people communicate their value and their worth in an empathetic way. Mm, I love it. I, well, I love your title, uh, Chief Empathy <laughs> Officer on your LinkedIn. And I want to ask you, how did you come up with that brilliant title? I love it. Well, thank you so much. Uh, You know, there's so many CEOs, right, in the world, and it is my company. It's my production company. And I thought, you know, empathy. Empathy is so incredibly important, especially when you're dealing with communication. Mm. You want to be able to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And so if I'm helping a client, you know, tell their story, if I'm helping an organization really get people engaged in their cause, if I'm helping someone sell a product, it's all about putting yourself in someone else's shoes. So I am the chief empathy officer. I help you find that empathy and really, really think about what it's like for someone else. And I think it's really important and kind of lost sometimes in the business world. Yes, it's true. I mean, t- tell us a bit about you know empathy. You know, um, how does one cultivate empathy? That's a really great question. The way you want to cultivate empathy is you want to think about how you can help others, how you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. And again, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to volunteer in a soup kitchen. Mm. It just means that you want to think about how you can think outside of your current circumstances, outside of your little box, if you will. So we want to think outside of the box. And in my opinion, that's what empathy does. And it also sets you as the client, as the customer, as the individual or as the corporation apart from others because Mm. you're thinking more about what other people are going to gain from what you can give. And that's really what empathy is about. That's why I'm the chief empathy officer and that's why it is the core of all of my business. I love it. I love it. So in terms of creatives and and creating opportunity, um, can you give us an example of your own life? 
um, of how you created opportunity for yourself? Yeah, sure. I mean, there's been so many, <laughs> yes. so many different. Is there anything that kind examples. of like stands out? Like, is there one thing? Is there one thing? I feel like there's one thing that really stands out though. Yeah, you know, I think one thing that really stands out is during this pandemic, I'm going to go mm. with the most recent example that I can think of, which is this pandemic has caused a pause in my life because I work in a television studio. I work one-on-one -on -one with clients. I'm yeah. usually producing and hosting on location. And as we know, a lot of those things have been paused. So really what I have had to do is kind of take a step back mm -hmm. and it's caused me to have a pause in my life. And instead of being really upset about it and seeing it in a negative way, I've seen it as a really great positive way. And mm -hmm. so I started to touch back into what brought me joy and passion as a younger person. And I was a dancer. Oh, wonderful. So I was a dancer from the age of seven all the way through high school and college. I was the mm -hmm. resident choreographer uh, at my college and dance brought me a lot of joy and passion, but I cannot tell you the last time that I actually did it. Mm -hmm. Either took a class or you know taught a class or did anything. But that's what I did. I started to take fitness classes at first, and then someone asked me to teach a dance class. And I thought, I can't teach a dance class. I haven't done that in so long. It is like riding a bike. It just comes back to you. Mm. And in that way, I was able to embrace my story, embrace my passion, embrace the opportunity that comes from the growth, from the change, et cetera. Mm. And that's how I, I wrote a course in this pandemic. And I really started to focus more on creatives and what opportunity we have as creatives because the minute I put that music on it just mm. came back to me and I felt that joy and that passion all day long and that's really oh. important because as I went on in my day through all of my meetings and pitches and shoots and whatever I was doing virtually I carried that enthusiasm with me all day that had nothing to do with the dance class that I taught earlier in the day Absolutely. so I really was able to touch base touch like touch base with that part of myself mm -hmm. rediscover that part of myself if you will yeah. and it just gave me such amazing growth which created opportunity absolutely i love the story i can totally relate to it by the way because a i used to be a dancer and b when i coach and when i coach people i always ask them to think about the time that they were the most happy the time that brought them, brought them the most joy so mm -hmm. i did the i asked myself the same thing and did the exact same thing as you did. I took yes. a class, which by the way, I didn't teach a class. I took a class and I was telling my girlfriends, oh my God, I was doing pirouettes and I got so dizzy. I almost fell down. So I <laughs> love that you like to you, it's almost riding a bike. To me, I didn't have that exact same experience, but, <laughs> you know, um, but, but it did bring me a lot of joy in terms of the aftermath. Uh, during was a bit painful, but, but I agree <laughs> with you. We all have to sort of think back to what really brings us joy or brought us joy in our life and try to you know, assimilate that again and feel what that feels like and kind of go back to that because we do, we can carry that feeling with us through difficult times. Absolutely, I can. And it, it gives you that strength, it gives you that, uh, that control, if you will. You're able mm. to take control of your circumstances. So for you and I, we both felt that joy and that passion from that dance class, and then it carried us through. And I don't know about you, but I felt more in control of my circumstances yes. throughout the day because 
I, you know, I'm, I had control of my body when I was dancing mm. and I was able to control that passion and that joy, but bringing it into the rest of my day. I certainly wasn't telling every client, oh my gosh, I taught this dance class today, but it was able to give me opportunity in my brain. I, I created some space in my brain to say, okay, what mm. did that teach me? What did that experience teach me that I can now carry on into mm. other parts of my life? So yeah. I love that you took that class too. Oh my God. I love it. I love this. I love that we both have similar stories. I'm interested in terms of when you say control, it's I, because what, mm -hmm. what what's, it's because sometimes, especially during this time, we feel so out of control. Like our lives just feel sort of you know, overtaken and overrun by, by so much that's going on, um, mm -hmm. on so many levels, you know, how much of it is really knowing yourself also? I mean, tell us about that in terms of when, you know, the narrative that people tell them themselves, um, you know, about, about how to, how they gain control or how they sort of, you know, you know, stop the madness and stop going down that sinking hole. Yeah, that's a really great point. I think that getting that control back, and it's like, I like that you said you kind of pointed out that word because it does have a little bit of a negative connotation if you think about it. Some people think control of, as a negative thing. I think of it as a positive because like you said, you're being more self-aware. You're yeah. being more aware of yourself and what you bring into the situation. And it takes away that feeling of panic, that feeling of overwhelm, that feeling of what am I gonna do? My circumstances are dictating my future. Not true you are dictating and directing your future. Mm. And your circumstances have brought you opportunity in some way, shape, or form. And it's our job to figure out what that opportunity is. So when I say control, I'm talking about a mindset shift. Yes. I'm talking about coming from a place of scarcity, mm. of feeling like you have no control over the situation, and you just don't know where to go from here, and you feel overwhelmed. And look, I know, especially, let's use this pandemic as an example, that sometimes that is okay to feel that at, at times, especially with whatever's going on. You lose your job, you're not gonna feel like you're very in control at the moment. I totally get that. Take a minute, really be aware of your feelings, give yourself that self-care that you need, absolutely. But when you're ready to kind of come out of that mindset a little bit, that mm -hmm. is step one. Step mm -hmm. one is realizing that your circumstances do not determine your future, you do. So if you can kind of take back that control, be self-aware enough to think, okay, what can I do? You know, my grandfather used to have a saying, I was an itty, itty bitty little girl. What responsibility does Amber take? He used to say that all the time because, you know, I would be the kid, I don't know, taking the cookie in the corner or something. I don't know. Or, or right. as I was older, you know, that teacher doesn't like me or whatever. Mm. And he always said that what responsibility does Amber take? And I've carried it through all the way into adulthood. What responsibility do I take in dictating and directing my future? And that's oh, I, kind of what I'm coaching and that's what I'm teaching. I love it because yeah, as soon as you admit that, okay, am I working hard enough at my job? Am I hard, working hard enough finding a job? Am I, then you can shift, like you said, and, and change the perspective and say, mm -hmm. you know what? I'm not doing those things. I actually need to do it better. And then once you know that you need to do it better, then you can actually take those steps to do it better. And not necessarily better, because you don't well, want to say it. Well, right. I'm, for me personally, as soon as I start to think better, I am a perfectionist. Oh, I, yeah. I am a self-admitted perfectionist. I know it comes from fear. You can right. coach me all day long. I know, I know that, but it's been, I'm an editor when I'm editing videos, it has to be perfect, you know, et cetera. So it's just different. 
It's just a different way of thinking and it mm. creates the opportunity and gives you that positive spin yeah. that you need to have. And sometimes the first step in doing that is just stepping outside. Mm. I always say step one is stepping outside and it's not necessarily just stepping outside. I'm looking to the window right now, <laughs> stepping outside physically, but yeah. also mentally stepping mm. outside of your current circumstances mentally and being able to kind of just see other, other opportunities and kind of yes. step outside of that box. And sometimes it is stepping outside. I'm a big walker. So if I go outside, I'm going to get some kind of space to think about different things. Yes, absolutely. I, I, for sure. Um, thank you for that. And I agree using that word better is, 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 you know, it's always so interesting when I have these conversations, I learn so much about, you know, just, just like you're, you're talking about your communi communicate, communi uh, okay, that has to be edited out. Communication. No, it. It's real. That's what we're, we're human oh, beings. I'm like tongue tied and twisted. Um, communication strategy for one's life. You know, it's, it's sort of, you know, what we sort of, these little words that can be incredibly defeating and we're not oh even goodness. realizing it. Um, we're not even realizing that this narrative that we're kind of, what, that we tell ourselves can be incredibly damaging and like just just strange little words that come up are defeat us absolutely and it's not that one way i'm not saying that 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 is better for you to not say better right <laughs> not at all. no no but, it's but just it's for me personally sure no absolutely just works better for me personally i just right. said oxymoron which is kind of funny yes. but i like that you said that because words are powerful yes they are so powerful. Exactly. We get that sometimes, both what we tell ourselves and what we tell others. Communication is based on body language, but it's also based on spoken language, if, if that's your, your um, communication that you're able to do. And when you think about it, the way that we say things and what we say can make all the difference. One of my clients was talking about uh, different things that she did at her job. And we were going through her resume and mm -hmm. how she would, you know, be in an interview. And she said something, you know, I did this, I did this. And we went through what exactly that opportunity was. And I mm -hmm. said, well, why don't you frame it in, I was given the opportunity. Mm -hmm. And just by saying I was given the opportunity, two things happened. Her body language changed immediately when she mm -hmm. said the words, I was given the opportunity because it yeah. acknowledged and it achievement that she made because it actually was a responsibility given to her yeah. by authority figures because they trusted her. It was kind of yes. a, a basic promotion. Right. And in owning that, in owning that part of her story, just by, just by switching those words, it made all the difference for her. And she nailed her next interview. I, I'm very excited to say so. Oh, I, 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 that's, I, that's such good vibes right there. Such good vibes. So <laughs> what's the number one sort of thing that people, I mean, maybe there's like 10 things, but what are the big like things that people do that kind of, it's like the nail in the coffin during an interview. I'm just curious because this is something that I'm sure so many people could, could use. I think overanalyzing. Mm. worrying too much about what the other person is thinking and usually in a negative way. Mm. And I relate it to dating. So you go on a first date, right? And you're just not feeling the chemistry and it's just not working and it's just not happening. That's okay. Right. There's nothing wrong with that, but own it and say, I'm not feeling the chemistry. So many, especially women were caretakers 
We like to take care of people. So many women stay in relationships that they're not happy in because they don't want to hurt the other person. But you know, I'm sure we've talked about this before, like in the long experience, you're actually hurting both of you. Mm. I'm using that as an example because in an interview, if you sit across the table from someone and you're constantly thinking about what that person is thinking about you, your brain is going a million miles a minute. You can't even get your words out correctly and confidently and you're overanalyzing your story. Mm. And by overanalyzing your story, and sometimes people try to change it on the spot to accommodate the person across the table. Don't, Don't do that, own it, own your story. Even if it was what we would consider a failure, and I'm using that word in quotes because I don't really see things as failures, I see them as experiences. But when you're talking to someone in an interview situation, especially in the case of a job for a job interview, Mm. own your story, know your worth, bring your value and walk in there and don't worry about what that other person thinks. You know, I was in show business for a while when I was younger and we used to go on auditions Mm. and maybe that I, I would audition and I wouldn't get the job. Maybe that person just didn't like redheads. Maybe yeah. I reminded that casting director of, you know, his or her uh, in-laws or something. I mean, who right. knows? It could right. be a million things that I have no control over. I have no control over what other people are thinking or what they do. I can only control my reaction. So yeah. I would say that one of the main things that people do, and especially in job interviews, is overanalyze in terms of what the other person is thinking. Right, and then then they're not present. They're actually not listening to the interviewer, Mm -hmm. right? And it gets all crazy in the brain. Wow, so tell me, thank you for that. That's a beautiful piece of advice. Um, So how how important is our own strategy for life? That's a good question. Uh, in terms of strategy, it could be a business strategy. It could be, there's so many different strategies, but mm. in terms of like communication strategy, for example, I think communication is really important and it comes in terms of strategy because it's how you communicate to yourself and mm. how you communicate to others. Yes. And that is going to create your strategy for life. In my mm. opinion, I think mm. communication is so incredibly important. Yes. And a lot of times we don't really acknowledge that. Yes. And so I think having a strategy for life, meaning having some type of direction and some type of plan can be incredibly useful, especially in terms of a change. When you feel overwhelmed, you might feel like you don't know what direction to go in. Mm -hmm. If you can create a strategy, and I use the word create a lot because you are creating it. You as a creative, and it doesn't mean that you paint or you draw or you dance or whatever. That's not, it's just the way that your brain, how we can train our brain to create and think in terms of a positive way. You're creating that opportunity. Mm. So communication, how you speak to yourself, how you run that tape in your head or that record player for for our younger viewers. Um, A record player is a machine. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's really frightening. Yeah. And there is something called paper and a pen. Just paper and a pen. And yeah. yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. No, that's, that's, it's so, it's so true. I mean, in terms of success, you know, I, I feel that right now, um, you know, to, de- to defining success is, is so difficult right now because, mm-hmm. you know, just to get anything done is, is very challenging in this time. And, and, and these last five months, 
you know, some people have been incredibly pr prolific and other people just can't get off the couch, you know? I mean, it's, so it's defining success could be just getting off the couch, you know, mm -hmm. and, or, or mm -hmm. just, you know, going for a run um, that day. But, you know, how do you define success right now? How do I define success? I think I love that you put it in relative terms because it is relative to everyone. Yeah. Uh, like, you. like you said, sometimes yeah. getting out of bed or getting off the couch is a success. And you know what? Celebrate it. Celebrate that small success because mm. it's, it's really important that you were able to do that. And if you can't do that today, then that's okay. Tomorrow is another day. I think in terms of my definition of success, I think well, it's definitely not in terms of a gilded staircase or, you know, a big pile of money like I'm Breaking Bad. I don't know if you've ever seen Breaking Bad, but you have this big, huge yes. pile of money. Yes. I'm kind of like, that would be really fun. <laughs> there was part of me that thinks, is that success? Because that looks really fun. But I think it's also, for me, that's not, that's not what success is. For me, it's leaving the world a better place mm. than when you found it. Yeah. And that can mean so many things to different people. It can mean raising children to be kind, empathetic, and engaged and aware human beings. Mm. It could be, um, you know, starting a new business and one in which is going to, it's going to help people. And you want to give your product service or, or your product or service to help others. Uh, it could be, you know, getting a bill passed for a cause you really care about. You know, there's so many different ways that you can define success in your life, but I personally don't think it has to do with money. I know a lot of unhappy rich people, to be yes. perfectly honest. Unhappy, discontent, constantly searching, and that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. Money will give you opportunities, sure, give you experiences, mm -hmm. for sure, but it doesn't bring you actual contentment. Yeah. That is being true to yourself and leaving the world a better place. I think for me, that's what success that's what success means to me. It means leaving the world a better place and being really true to who you are. And even if it's just a small, teeny, tiny way of making a very small difference mm -hmm. or a huge difference, yes. that's what I think success is. Absolutely. I mean, you know, in the way I would define it as, um, you know, how you make other people feel, you know, I mean, mm. you know, you, mm -hmm. you're, you clearly are a, a brilliant white light in this world and you know you make people feel really good by just your presence and you're a very uplifting spirit so to me that's success um because you're you're really just a joy to talk to and and oh, and to, thank to you be, so much yeah but you are nice you, compliment. you really thank are you. you really are so so you're right it's not about um it's not about money or or things it's really about how i think people, you know, give back to each other. And that could be, like you said, you know, creating um, opportunities for, for, for the less, you know, less, less, less privileged people, or it could be just having someone sit across from you and feel great and, and, you know, uh, just a great vibe. So yes, it's true. You do. You're amazing. Um, so I, <laughs> I'm just curious in terms of dealing with defeat. You know, there's all, you know, that this part of it is, is something that, you know, is, is I'm curious, you know, right now, you know, I've, I've going through life, you know, I've, I've, I've started a business. I've started two businesses. Some, you know, some of them have been successful. I mean, you know, we all have our successes in life and then we also have, you know, I want to say our, our failures, you know, our defeats. Um, you know, how does that, how, how do you kind of 
when you're talking to your clients, how do you sort of solve that for them? Or how, how do you talk to like the successes and the failures in life? That is a great question. Uh, defeat. Well, I don't, I don't know that I necessarily see it as a defeat or a failure in terms of conventional terms. Like mm -hmm. I said, I see things as experiences and experiences lead to other experiences, which lead yes. to other experiences. And if we can kind of build upon those experiences, we yes. can really lead to success as we discussed. Yes. But, you know, I go by this mantra, no equals N-O, mm -hmm. which equals new opportunity. Love it. And I think that the new opportunity comes from what you can learn from the situation. That comes back to the growth. I think the growth is really important in terms of defeat, whether it's the failure of a business, whether it's, um, you know, there's so many different things like, uh, you know, losing an election, maybe. <laughs> there's right. so many different ways. But what we can learn from that and moving forward, what we may or may not do differently. And I think that's kind of the difference of, in terms of how you would think about defeat, because you want to think about, um, you know, you want to learn what you may do differently. And you want to, it takes someone really aware, really confident, really acknowledging the world around them to be able to do that, to be able to see something that would be considered as a defeat mm. and see it maybe just, Flip that mindset. It's like what we were talking about in terms of the job interview. Mm. Flip that mindset. Take that control back. Yes. That control is so important. And that control is you determining your life. Yes. We are not passive in this life. We are mm. active. We are yeah. so blessed to be able to be active. So if you have a defeat, what's considered a defeat, take a minute, you know, lick your wounds, eat some ice cream, whatever that situation is. Yeah. But it's also going to teach you something and you're going to learn something and hopefully grow from it. And then it won't be considered a defeat in your head. It'll be a success. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. That's beautiful. So I want to hear more about your, your new program, um, Pivot Step Touch. Can you tell sure. us a bit about that? I would love to. Uh, it's a three-step solution for creatives in crisis, which is rediscovering your creativity in order to successfully pivot Mm. either in your existing career or into a new one. And uh, we talked a little bit about my dance, my dance experience. It's a nod to my dance experience. It's a nod to owning my story as a former dancer. The pivot, the step, and the touch is their dance terms. But also, it's the parts of the process in being able to pivot successfully and use this pause to its fullest. So really rediscovering that creativity, shifting that mindset, is so important. And I like to say that if you're creative in any way, and again, it doesn't have to be something tangible. You don't have to be able to paint a beautiful picture. Believe me, I can't. Or, you know, write a, a gorgeous music or, or anything in terms of creative. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to break that stereotype of creative because I think it means it's a way of thinking. And if you have that creative way of thinking, you have all the tools in your toolbox to change your situation and to grow from the opportunity. That's the exciting part is creative, creativity is a superpower. And I want people to own that. I want people to see it. And so I interviewed six very successful, really creative people that are successful in um, industries that you wouldn't normally think as creative. So they are using their creativity. They were able to pivot at some point in life 
And now they use their creativity to stay ahead of the competition. So there's things of that nature that really get your brain moving. It's changing that mindset. It's really growing from this opportunity and thinking, okay, how can I think of this differently? I'm creative. What do I love to do? What can I do? What can I offer others? And how can I use this in my life right now? And it could be, it doesn't have to be changing your business or changing into a completely different industry. Maybe you just want to extend your brand a bit. Maybe you want to build a new product within your existing brand. Mm. It's really just a way of thinking, like putting that creative mindset, that mindset shift really makes all the difference. Wow, I love it. Thank you. I think people are going to, every, you know, we all need this right now. We all need this right now. Um, because, you know, no matter what, even if you do have a thing that you love and you're doing a job that you love, sometimes you need to be re-inspired about what mm -hmm. you do, right? I mean, sometimes you need to, to sort of shift into creating something, you know, sometimes we just get into a rut too. We get into a mm -hmm. rut in our, in the thing that we even enjoy doing and we just need to sort of like reframe it and say, okay, let's, Absolutely. You know, let's, let's bring some more, you know, zhuzh, you know, some more creativity to, to the situation. Um, so I feel like this could even be useful for that, right? Not even just changing jobs. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I love you use the word re-inspired because that's really, that's what it's all about is re-inspiring, rediscovering, recreating. Yeah. It's all, it's, it's returning. That's why I use the word pivot because pivot is a turn in dance yeah. and it can be a quarter turn. It can be a full turn for our purposes. Mm. It's a full turn because you're returning to who you once were. So wow. to your point, if you're in a rut, all you have to do is fall back on what you already have. Mm. All you have to do is fall back on the experiences that you've already had and the skills that you've already developed that you might not even know that you've developed. So the good news is you've already done the hard work. You lived your life. Amazing. So what have you learned from that? And how do you, re how do you get re-inspired, like you said? Oh, wow. God, Amber, I love you. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> so excited for so when when can people you know read the book at the audio like when when is this coming out tell us more yeah it's an online course uh it also has pivot pages that go with it which is a workbook and it should be out within the next month i've been working really hard it's oh, uh amazing. it's really funny because in terms of the pivot embracing the change learning to create and grow i did it in the middle of a pandemic and what that means for me as a professional host is that I wasn't allowed to shoot on location or bring in a professional crew or have my makeup and hair done, by the way, <laughs> because obviously all of those things have ceased for the time being. And I found myself, to be completely vulnerable and honest, I found myself putting it off because I thought it's not going to be perfect. Again, that perfectionism, right? Yes. It's not going to be perfect. I'm going to wait until I can do it the right way. And then this is why you need a coach. This is why you need someone to see something yes. outside of yourself. I had someone, my, my accountability partner said to me, um, your entire course is about pivoting and embracing opportunity and growing from it. And you're going to wait until you can have a TV crew. Oh man! Oh, <laughs> you put it that way. I love it. Oh, oh, wait. See, like, you know, when you I'm, put it that way. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. But but I love what you said about accountability and and how important it is to actually have a coach. Mm -hmm. I think people really don't. I think until you have a coach, you understand how important having a coach is. 
mm-hmm. because you know it's it's not therapy it's it's not about so much what happened to you when you were 10 although sometimes it does come up but it really is about how you're going to move in the present into your future and what you're going to do and what actions you're going to take so this all speaks to me and my soul in such a great way and i'm i'm so so excited for you and and so you. proud that we got to have this conversation. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really excited for you and I can't wait to, to do the program myself. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. <laughs> really? Thank you. It's great. And it's you're so right. Great. Coaches, coaches need coaches, right? Oh, I mean, we do. Of course, of I mean, course we do. It's, it's human nature to yes. not be able to see outside of your circumstances. That's why I did this course in the first place is because it's difficult. I had people asking me for help and, you know, to help them see themselves out of their circumstances. And then I wasn't going to shoot it because I didn't have the right lipstick. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, okay, are you practicing what you preach? But it's difficult to see it. You can't see the forest through the trees sometimes kind of thing. Exactly. So I like that you acknowledge that too. And it's vulnerable for you to acknowledge that. So it, it, it takes a lot of courage and strength for you to do that. Oh, thank you that you're calling out my power. Thank you. Um, no, but you know, it's, it's, it's true. I do. I do think that, um, everyone should have a coach. I mean, if you need a therapist, great. They both work wonderful in tandem. Um, but yes, uh, it is, it is incredibly essential and especially right now. So yeah, you know, maybe, you know, you could be my coach. (laughs) Sure. And you can, you can be my coach. Sure. Wonderful. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you so much. You're a delight. And I'm, I'm just so excited for you. Thank you so, so much. Thank you this so much wonderful. for having me. Yeah. Thank you. It was really, it, this is such a joy and I'm, I'm so excited on what you're doing. And, uh, you. you know, you and Francesca are such a light and I'm excited Aww. to be a part of it and really honored. So I yeah. appreciate, Thank I really you. appreciate it. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you. Thank you. I'm so grateful. Mm-hmm.